0: Yo! We are Brooke and Sid. And
1: we're talking BS.
0: Belief systems, of course. (laughs) Thoughts create our realities and we are passionate about creating better thoughts.
1: Join us as we figure out life from the inside out. Figure out what's holding you back and how to get out of your own way.
0: Come Come join join us as we talk talk BS.
1: BS. Yo! Hello,
0: legend. What's
1: up and welcome to another episode of Talking Brooke... Talking (laughs) BS? Talking Brooke.
0: Talking Brooke and Sid. Talking Brooke
1: and Sid with BS. (laughs) To me, as you, know you know what it same is, thing.
0: same thing. We've been here for a while, you oh, get
1: minute. it. A uh, minute. And today we're talking resilience and we're so excited, you know we love resilience. We do. Resilience.
0: So we thought we'd bring on a guest.
1: One of the most resilient humans I've ever met and one of the most, like, talk about experts in resilience. This dude here is, he's, I'm so excited for you to hear from him, Explorer Ernest. Um, He has seen resilience in the most extreme circumstances, lived through it, practices what he preaches, but now goes around the world teaching it. So why don't you say hi, my man, say hi to our listeners and tell them a little bit about what you're all about.
2: Yeah. Hello, everybody. And hello to you two. Thank you so much for having me here. What a beautiful introduction as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really honored to be here. And obviously, resilience is my passion without a doubt, you know the way that I look at the world is I want everybody able to thrive, not just survive any situation. And for me, that's what resilience is about. You know, it's being able to persevere through anything to the best of our abilities. So let's get into it.
1: Let's do it, let's do it. And that's that's something that happens uh, or applies to anyone, right? In any walk of life, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this whatever theme. Whatever
0: role you may be playing.
1: Yep, like you can call upon your resilience. Mm. So can you take us through like, your background of, of, you know, how you found that resilience, how you, you made yourself the way you are, how you like got more resilient. Uh, and then hopefully people can take a little something away from that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think resilience is conditioned into me from a very young age. You know, I had two parents that like to move around a lot. They grew up in that post-war era in the UK, where they're still very paranoid about threats coming over the border, etc. And so resilience was ingrained into me from a young age. You need to persevere through all sorts of hardships and as i grew up and as i progressed we moved around the world and i very quickly learned that i need to be a resilient individual unto myself because i can't rely on everybody in my immediate surroundings because i'm always in a new surrounding and that carried on years later when i joined the australian army and i served there in a variety of different roles and conditions around the globe on different operations etc and that enduring theme just kept presenting itself over and over and over You know, you can't rely on being replaced. You have to be resilient to endure through a hardship. So that's sort of how resilience came into my life. It then transcribed itself into a series of like, what I don't call crises, but rather events that happened both overseas, but personally in my life back home as well. And that was the true penny drop moment for me when I learned that resilience is absolutely what we need to stop us from just catastrophically failing at what we do in this life.
1: It's that moment where like, you hit, Like, I love, I love that, not mm. calling them crises, but calling them events, yeah. right? Because it reframes it. It's those moments that really define you and you allow them to be pivot points. And I guess if you, it's up to you to, to let that be a pivot point yeah, rather growth, than right? crush you. Mm. Um, so if you're open to sharing some of those pivot points, what were some of the things that you found your back against the wall and, and having to, to dig deep and, and act upon that resilience?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I guess the first event for me was I was really quite young. I was about 19 years of age. Deployed with the Australian army over in East Timor, beautiful small little country just north of Darwin. And um, I was on what was called a peacekeeping operation at the time. Um, I was so young, I had no idea what that even meant, right? I know now that the male brain specifically doesn't develop to be an adult brain until 25 years of age. So at 19, I was still very much in that developmental stage. And what i was exposed to over there just absolutely opened my mind you know riots in the street furniture being set on fire to create blockades to stop us as soldiers coming in providing security etc i remember one incident where we had to provide security to a un world food program compound there were bags of rice in there these big 20 kilo bags of rice and our role was to protect that infrastructure so that it could be slowly distributed out to the local population over the next six months. But because of the food crisis in country at the time and the threats that were present from different gangs and other threats, etc., the locals had decided to storm this building and were breaking in to steal the food for their own survivability. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, and, you know, we're here to protect this food, to feed you guys, but now we're having to fight against you To protect the food like it seemed so counterintuitive but at the same time it was like the resiliency of these people in front of me they're in a fight or flight mode right now and they've chosen to fight for themselves to fight for their own survival to steal that food back so they can have it at their own free will and i remember there being this point where i looked around at the people either side of me and we were throwing like cs gas grenades which is like tear gas into the crowds to subdue people running away and I remember looking around at the people at the side and I thought, not only are this the local Timorese people extremely resilient, but like the guys to the left and right of me are resilient too. Like they know they're here to protect the local population, but at the flick of a switch, they can fight back against them with the lowest amount of force necessary to protect the food. And so that was my first true, I guess, adult exposure to resilience at that point in time.
1: At 19, yeah, it's a Dang. big lesson. It's uh, a big way to have that lesson at 19. <laughs> It's not a lot of 19 year olds that get switched on like that or no. have that opportunity to to, to face resilience They're when extremely. i was
0: 19 i was tapping away on a keyboard booking in cars <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different <laughs> i was
1: battling on the dance floor nice that was <laughs> slightly this different. is why
0: we bring guests on yeah everyone. correct <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what we're
1: talking about so that's that's an insane cr- you've event. seen some stuff yeah an event insane event to like kind of kick that off in and then did that kind of continue through your, your, did that set the tone through your military experience?
2: It really did. I suppose I was quite fortunate where I joined at a time when deployments overseas were at very high tempo. Mm. Like there was a lot happening around the world, right? You know, the advent of what was happening post 9-11 in the yeah. Middle East as well. Oh, yeah, right. So without a doubt, it set the tone for the rest of that trip. So that was a seven-month trip wow. to East Timor, right? Um, there was a lot more serious incidents that happened after that. Um, but then I was home for a short period of time, and pretty quickly deployed to southern Iraq. You know, which was just a whole new kettle of fish. Intense, right. yeah. Mm.
1: Yep. And so, how old were you? How old were you then? Was it?
2: Gosh, I would have been um, late twenties. I remember turning twenty-one whilst I was in country. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's that's still an insane time of development for mm. for you to be experiencing all of that. Yeah, all of that stuff at, at that level. Uh, so. Did you find the stuff you've experienced in events of that size and Mm -hmm. that nature, can you translate that to, do you, have you had other events back home where you've been able to to translate that knowledge or translate that experience?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I suppose having, if we were to go on like a a temporal timeline basis, the East Timor experience, right? I remember coming home from that and it was funny, like in East Timor, I was driving this big Land Cruiser Troopy, you know, with... You know, big gear stick shifter that was way up high. Yeah, And I remember getting home from that deployment straight out of the airport, straight into my little Honda Accord. <laughs> the time. What a humbling time. And the, gear shifter,
0: <laughs> the
2: gear shifter was like all the way down the bottom. And I remember just reaching for where the gear stick should be and I like punched the screen of the Honda Accord <laughs> looking for it. I was like, oh, this is odd. And like, whilst it wasn't an emotional experience, it was like shifting me back into this new physical place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, just a few days later, I ran into a colleague at the shops And he looked frazzled, right? Yeah. And for me, I suppose, because of my youth and the way that I grew up bouncing from country to country all the time, Mm. I developed that physical resilience of being able to adapt quickly. Yeah. But I saw this colleague in the shops and he was shallow, right? He was, Mm. you could see his eyes were sunken. It's like the soul had left his body. He kind of shakenly asked, he was like, how are you? He's like, how are you you adjusting? I remember thinking to myself, I was like, adjusting? I was like, what is there to adjust about, right? Mm. You know? I was like, yeah, yeah, really good. You know, like I've got this beach trip plan on the weekend, etc. I was like, how are you adjusting? It occurred to me, I was like, I had to ask him. He's like, I'm not, I'm not coping well, man. He's like, I have to buy food for myself. Because when you're in deployment, you get fed, right? And yeah. The food comes to you. Yeah. It's like, I have to buy food for myself. And um, I'm in my apartment all alone. He's like, no one's around me. I've lost my social support structure. I don't know what to do anymore. And that was the first real point in my life that I thought like, oh my goodness. Like I'd just seen how resilient this boy was Mm. in his team or fighting to protect food Mm -hmm. you put him back in a normal society where he's got to walk into Coles Mm. and pick up a bag of rice and he can't do it like he's overwhelmed right so it was the first time I was really exposed to I suppose what was post-traumatic stress I saw it in somebody else so that's a pretty good example at the low level of how it affected me in my personal life a lot of my friends after that trip sort of discharged from the army with post-traumatic stress disorder A lot of them sort of felt guilt surrounding the activities that they did. And in my mind, I was like, it was a fairly low level deployment. Like, I'm not discounting the deployment without a doubt. It was hard. Mm. And years later, there's things from that trip that are now affecting me. Mm. But at the time, I was like, I don't understand this. And so I was exposed to stress. I was exposed to the symptoms of stress in others. And I was exposed to resiliency in the real world issue. Yet, I didn't understand it. So Mm. that sparked my interest in it. Mm. I love that.
1: And it's interesting to, uh, with, when we talk about resilience or we talk about these events or crises, it's so individual, right? Like, you you both had the same experience, you are both seeing or doing the same thing, but then your interpretation of those events can be so different from one person to the other. And so, which is why we we can never discount anyone's experience or discount anyone's trauma, whatever you're feeling, whatever your trauma is, is your trauma. Yeah. But then you've got to dig deep
0: Mm. to
1: find that resilience and, and to push through. Yeah. Something I love thinking about is when we talk about we did an episode on courage and the idea that courageous people Aren't people who are fearless Courageous people not that they don't get scared. They get scared, but do Do it it anyway anyway. Yes, and so even the the scary thing could be going to Coles to get a bag of rice Mm. Mm. You know the scary thing may not be charging into battle the scary thing could be the smallest thing but then in in finding that finding that resilience to push through and dig deep and do that scary thing anyway to to find the the joy and the growth on the other side.
0: Yeah, and I feel like when we speak about fear, that's like the other side of resilience, right? Like in a, gosh, in the army, especially when you're in that fight or flight, whether you're the person trying to get rice or the person trying to protect it, you have that option of resilience or fear. Mm. How would you, even if it is, even if we take it from the army or going to Coles, what's your advice for changing fear to resilience? It's understanding
2: your purpose, right? And it's having the discipline to push through. Like you've got to become at one with yourself. You need to find solace and say, absolutely. What I have to do at this point in time is essential. Yeah. You know, I, do I have choices? Yes. Can I forget everything and run? Yes, I can. Or can I just face the imminent threat that's in front of me and mm-hmm. take this head on? Yeah. Yes. Like that's how it, and it's a grounding exercise, right? We speak about grounding exercise, like breathing and pushing your feet into the floor. And we'll talk about those more a bit later. But actually just accepting that thought within yourself is grounding.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: I love the the D word you just dropped there, discipline. Mm. Because people forget that it takes practice, right? Mm. It takes regular practice. What's some sort of stuff that you think people could use to... Like what's some disciplines that you've used to, to you know, f- help you fall into that resilience mode away from the fear or to, to really adopt that style of thinking?
2: I get so passionate about discipline. Because I mean, it is, it is, <laughs> it's the fundamental basis of resilience. Yeah. You know, okay, like yep. Both are compounding. Like you do. You, you're not, you need to practice it. Yeah. Like you practice going to the gym to get bigger or stronger or faster. Yep. You need to have discipline in your life. So some of the simple tools that I like to implement every single day is pick a very simple routine. Now, I don't have a rigid routine, because I'm on the move all the time, going to different places, so it's not always feasible. But something as simple as every time that I wake up, I drink a glass of water, I get out of bed and I make my bed. Like, that takes three seconds, like, you know, it probably takes realistic three minutes. Mm. But it's that discipline of making a bed every single time. Mm. You know, there's many famous people that have spoken about the benefits of, you make your bed every single day, and no matter what happens for the rest of your day, you've always got a made bed to come back to, right? But it's so much more than that. It's the discipline to say like, I have enough respect in my life to show that I will take the time and effort to refurbish an item that I've just used in the same way that I will refurbish my soul after going through a piece of hardship. You know, like, and the hardship being you've slept in bed, you've, you've disrupted the bed sheets. now I'm gonna go into my life, and now I'm gonna make the bed and make it right again. When you've been in your life and you've disrupted your own life and you've been through a hardship, you need other have the discipline to make that better again. And so while some people just think making a bed is irrelevant, it's not. It shows the fact that you've got that consistent discipline in your day to get up and do that one act regardless.
0: You know. Make your beds, everyone. <laughs> make your beds! That's, uh, yeah. I've
1: heard so many, That's the first time I've heard anyone talk about the, the making the bed. The importance of making the bed in in that with that analogy, yeah. or using yeah. it to like a disruption in the soul. Because you're, you're right. So many people talk about the importance of starting your day right, the morning routine, make the bed, and you know. Yeah. But that's that's I've never looked at it that way. Mm. And you
2: can even go back a step, right? Even just getting out of bed, right? Yeah. Mm. Like I love just waking up and staying in bed for like thirty more minutes. Yeah. Mm. But the reality is it's hurting me in the long run, isn't it? Mm. You know, like it's probably hurting my back and my posture physically. Mm -hmm. But mentally, it's like, no, I could get up and I could be exposing myself to sunlight, like beautiful, raw sunlight. I could be walking myself along the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, my feet in the sand, grounding myself. All these things I'm missing out of just to stay in bed for another 30 minutes. And what does that 30 minutes in bed actually give me? It sets me back in my day. Like it's not productive. You know, and that's discipline. Discipline to wake up, spin around, throw both feet on the floor, attack life.
1: What I love about discipline is that discipline exists with or without motivation. Mm. So with off, yeah. discipline is, because discipline, once it's repetitive and it's done and it's in practice, you don't have to wake up in the morning and go, oh, do I feel like doing that? That question doesn't exist anymore. When it's a routine, you just get up and go. Mm. You get up and make your bed. You get out and you, know, you, you go for that run.
2: Yes. Rain,
1: hail, or shine. And so discipline, discipline will get you to do the things when motivation won't.
2: Yeah, well said. Yeah, it becomes an automated process. Yeah. And before long, people look at you and they're like, how do you have so much time in your life? I wish I had as much time as you. You're like, no, we actually all have the same amount of
0: time.
2: (laughs) I used to always say to people, there's 24 hours in a day. It's up to you how you use them, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just that I have the discipline. You know, it's that automated process. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Discipline's almost like... It feeds motivation, I reckon. If you have yeah. the discipline to get up and do something, you look back at what you did, you're like, dang, yeah. I rock.
1: Absolutely. And so people think they need to be motivated to do the thing. What they yeah. forget is that when you do the thing, you get motivated. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes it just takes starting that smallest action. Like yeah. if you're feeling like you're you know, back against the wall at that yeah. crunch pivot point to mm-hmm. go any other way, instead of looking for the motivation and being like, oh, when I feel I like this, I'll, yeah, you know, I'll get out do, of bed yeah. or... I'll I'll face the thing, Mm. just by facing it, Mm. that alone can give you the endorphin kick and the motivation to keep going.
0: Yeah, it's like when people learn how to drive, hey? Yeah. Like, you can't drive the car if you don't know how to turn it on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Small steps.
1: You got to.
2: And I know there's probably a lot of listeners that might be thinking, yeah, but it depends on your mindset at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I'm chronically depressed, I physically can't get out of bed. Yes. Hey, I've been there. I physically curled up on the floor before because I didn't have the strength to get into the bed and go to sleep, right? <laughs> yeah, well. Right. But it's just like, you have to have that courage. And that's why I think it's beautiful that you transition from courage to discipline. You know, you have to have that courage to just be like, I'm going to move one finger at a time mm-hmm. to get me into the bed if that's what it takes, right? Yeah, because
0: there's survival always something you can do. Way, hey? Yeah, exactly. Survival mode of that time. Yeah, you either nice. do or you don't. There yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. That's wild. I love that. Mm. So now uh, you travel the world. Teaching this stuff. Yeah, let's go. What, what, what have you found is the most common BS that you've had to overcome? Because you work in like the corporate world, and you do personal development stuff as well. Mm. Is there a common BS that you have found that people present to you when you're out there teaching resilience, and you're like, hold up?
2: Yeah, it's two things. One is time. We've already spoken about that. Yep. And the second one, absolutely, is people just say, "I can't do that."
0: yeah
2: you know and i guess you could broadly categorize that as excusal yep. yeah like an excuse there's an excuse for everything isn't mm. there like i can't do that because yeah mm. and a lot of the times i just hear people say i couldn't do what you've done it's yep. like but no you could yeah like you, fundamentally you could Yep. which sort of ties into stress responses right like mm-hmm. you know you, you freeze flight fight fawn, etc and that's why all these topics tie together. It's resilience as a whole. Is you have to be able to manipulate that mindset that you have at that point in time. Yeah. Can I control my stress responses? Well, yes, I can at its core. And that ties into that excuse or like ditch the excuse. Have the discipline. Have the courage. Have the resilience to push past an excuse.
0: Absolutely, man. Don't and don't become like, a victim to it. It is, yeah. it is. It's
1: a whole the Jim Quick is a is a author and mm. podcast that we love. The mm. whole like if you fight for your limitations mm. you get to keep it mm. exactly so the excuses is the excuses get to you're absolutely right when you make that excuse right? yeah yeah and when yeah. you
2: say limitation what comes to my mind are boundaries right yeah
0: yeah
2: oh guys i've really struggled with emotional boundaries over the years yeah it's like you've got to understand i come from an organization yeah where you're not supposed to have boundaries yeah like when somebody says you will go and run to that next building despite being fighter, you run, yeah. yep. right? Mm. You're not like, oh, actually that crosses the boundary for me, I'm not willing to do it.
0: Do
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know?" laughs> you're like, yeah,
1: let's,
2: <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm scared, but let's go. Yeah, like yeah. we've got this in the bag, right? And so how that's transcribed in my life is like low emotional boundaries. And I'm mm. comfortable saying that now mm-hmm. because I've had to rebuild what those up. And I suppose people confuse limitations mm. with boundaries. Yeah. Mm. And as a result, they start fighting for these boundaries that potentially they just need to open the gates a little bit more. Yeah. Now, without a doubt, guys, and boundaries are healthy. Yeah. You've got to have boundaries. Like I said, I need to build my boundaries up. But I do think there's a beautiful middle ground where you can open your eyes and open your world a lot more. And the catchphrase that I like to say is do anything twice. Mm. Like be open to adventures, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is in your life, whether it's moving countries, starting a new job in a new organization, getting your driver's license, there's so many people that won't ever progress in that lot part of their life because of a limit. And they're like, oh, that's a boundary for me. I don't feel safe behind the wheel of a car. Well, say yes once. Yeah. yeah. Give it a go. Yeah. Don't just give it a go once. Yeah. Mm. Try it twice. Yeah. yeah. Because the first time you do something, you have this false set of expectations. You have this bias typically against it or this nervous energy mm. inside you. But when you do it a second time, you know what to expect. Yeah. You're in a different emotional state mm. and you can enjoy it a lot more yeah so that's that's my kind of fun way that's my little game that I play with myself that's... to overcome a limit right yeah like no only live up to your words you try anything twice
1: yeah yeah. Mm. yeah I love that and that's such an easy game to play mm. and helps you put put you in a space of, of you know facing you know Feeling scared and facing the fear and doing it anyway. Mm. That's right. You get to experience courage.
0: Yeah.
2: You do. You yeah. get to exercise it. You get to build it. Yeah. But what does it take to be able to say, try anything twice? It takes the discipline. Yeah. And the more that you say it, yeah. like you can't just say this once off in your life and be like tick that goal. Yeah. You know, like Ernest said, try anything twice, I did it. Done. It's <laughs> like, no, no, like every time that opportunity presents itself, go through your risk assessment in your mind is this beneficial to me in my life? Am I going to grow from this? Yes. Try anything to us. Let's do this. Yep. The more you say that, man, the more you're going to grow as a human. Oh
1: man. I love
2: that. Mm.
1: It just puts you in that headspace of, if that's just how you operate, that's your baseline. Yeah. Mm. It puts you in that space of all the things we love, curiosity. It puts you in the space of, you know, willingness to change, adaptability, flexibility, mm. rather than being fixed, fearful, you know, scared. Mm. It's just, yeah. I love that as a mindset. So now, where is, your, where is your journey at present? Where is Explorer Ernest? Um, you, so you've got, you're on Instagram? I certainly am, at, yeah.
2: At Explorer Earnest.
1: At Explorer yep. I've been following your Instagram and I see you climbing mountains. I see you like in the snow, like you're around the world.
0: Things people would dream of.
1: Yeah. So but, you that know. journey, where are you, what are you doing now and, and where are you? Well,
2: I'm really hoping to ramp it up a lot more. Yeah. You know, I'm really hoping to go, um, I'm not traveling the world as much as I'd like to at this point in time. But at the same time, I love focusing on Australia. Yep. And so in good time, I'm hoping to do a lot more solo, big expeditions in some quite arduous places, keeping one in particular on the down low at the moment. There's something I've got in mind that, you know, hopefully will be very big. Amazing. But uh, that's the point, right? Is like, I need to show that I'm pushing myself
1: Mm
0: -hmm. in
2: new places, new mindsets. And when I say explorer, that's not me exploring new parts of the globe. There is like very few places left in the globe we have not been to, right? But what it is, is exploring this beautiful world around me that's new to me and to other people that I can bring on my journey Mm. and show through Instagram, but it's also exploring deep within myself whilst I'm out there in these places. I've had the most profound reflections upon my life when I've been out in nature, whether that's with others or especially when I'm alone too. And that's what I really hope to bring back to the world, push myself on solo extreme events around the world and bring those reflections home to share with others. Like, if we can learn from others' mistakes, and not even mistakes, but successes as well, then we're miles ahead of everybody else. I think that's what, as a whole, we're struggling to do at the moment. We're struggling to be resilient because we're not learning from others' life lessons.
1: I love that. I love that. There's, there's another game to play. Go pick up a book. Go read someone else's story. Yeah. Go dive into someone oh, else's right. life lessons, right? Follow Explorer
0: Ernest yeah. on
1: Instagram. Go, yeah, for one, follow Explorer Ernest around the world <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. And, and where can people learn from you? Like, where can they, how can they engage with you and follow your adventures? How can they actually go to climb a mountain with you?
2: Yeah, so I've got a website. Yep. Uh, Absolutely, jump on the website, send me through an inquiry. No two adventures are the same. Yep. Because no two people are the same, aren't they? A lot of people approach me and they're like, what are the adventures you could take me on? And I'm just like, well, tell me about yourself.
1: Yeah. You know?
2: And it puts them on the back step. They're like, "Whoa, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to custom design an adventure for you, right? Yep. But it's not just about the adventure. The premises is like the leadership and resilience coaching that comes before it. So I typically put people through six sessions of leadership and resilience coaching that's customized to them. You know, so I put them through like a leadership and a personality questionnaire. Work out who they are, provide them a report, and then we custom tailor a plan to develop them whatever weaknesses they have in their life. And I'm not afraid to call them a weakness, right? Mm. I've had a lot of people say to me like, "Don't call it a weakness, because then you're identifying a flaw." It's like, no, it's a weakness. And we're going to improve this, right? Mm. So many times we just work to our strengths. Yeah. Like mm. I'm great at doing back in the gym, therefore I'm going to do back every single day. Yeah. It's like no, my legs are tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to be pumping that calf machine every day. Right? Yeah. You know despite how much walking i do yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that's how you can just jump on my website send me through an inquiry any of my social medias i'm trying to write more and more articles about leadership and resilience so i typically push those onto my website in a little articles section on linkedin as well but you name know, a social media platform like i'm growing a presence on there slowly
1: that's yeah. amazing and gang like this is this is it, you get to learn someone else's story and hopefully draw some inspiration from Explore Ernest. I love that resilience is, like we said at the top, it's a yeah. skill that you can apply Wherever you are in life, totally you to anything you do. Yeah, you don't have to be protecting food in East Timor. No, <laughs> yeah. you could, you know, you could it be. It there too. Yeah, yeah, you could be at your you're your nine to five, you're doing your job, or yeah. you know, you you've got road rage, or you know, <laughs> you're you're raising your kids and you want to you want to instill that resilience in them. Like, yeah. whatever your walk of life is, this is a skill that you can you can grow. I think the totally two big takeaways is obviously the big D word, mm. discipline. Yeah. Discipline. And make yeah, your bed. Yeah.
0: Make your bed. Start there. Mm. To I love my, every talk and BS. Make and your bed. Should have perfectly made beds. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. Please take a photo of your perfectly <laughs> made bed and submit it. No, actually, slide into our DMs with your perfectly made beds. Actually. Yeah. That's what we want to see. We want to hold you accountable. We are
0: holding you accountable right now. Correct. So slide into the DMs.
1: Yep. And try everything twice. I love that game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, on, exactly yeah. On.
2: Tag talking BS on the next thing you've said. Yeah, twice to it for an adventure, you know.
1: Please, yeah, yes, I'd love to see that. Absolutely, that'll be amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been unreal having you on here, gang. I'm sure you, you got you. like listen. I'm going to listen to this episode like two or three times. There was so much gold in it.
0: Yeah, and because Ernest's voice is so relaxing, <laughs> 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 it's, like I'm at a spa. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring oh, and relaxing. You're welcome.
1: Love it. Thank you again. Thank you Have so a wonderful much. day. Thank you, Ernest. Thanks for joining us. All. Bye.
0: Bye. Oh, so much love, everyone. Thank you.